week on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast, we find out what happens to your mental and physical health when you start working for me. Our audio engineer, Nikola Popovich, shares with us how listening to the episodes while editing the podcast encouraged him to return to the diet of his youth growing up in rural Croatia, and how his health improved dramatically as a result. Coming up next... Meet Gina. Gina wanted to lose weight, so she spent two years fasting, detoxing, and dabbling with vegan diets while practicing a shit ton of yoga to lose 25 pounds, but it took so long that nobody noticed. Then, Gina started Frenching her food by eating fatty cheeses, butter, sausages, and red meat, and lost 15 more pounds in only two months. Everybody noticed this time. Frenching your food unlocks the riddle of weight loss that skinny French chicks use to slim down, look young, and live longer despite doing everything wrong. Be like Gina. Start Frenching your food today by visiting nutritionheretic.com forward slash Frenching. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. (laughs) It's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the nutrition heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well being. Aloha! This is Adrian, the Nutrition Heretic, and this week we are having a special guest heretic, Nikola Popovich, who is our audio engineer. Uh, seems that as he was listening to the show and editing uh, from week to week, he decided to start incorporating some of the recommendations of our guests and myself and just some of the basic ideas behind uh, how to eat better and how food impacts your life. And so he dropped this bomb on me a couple of weeks ago while we were doing a test on a Facebook Live. And he actually told me what he was up to and how it's changed his life. So I thought it would be great to have him here as inspiration for all of you. Welcome to the show, Nicola. Well, thank you. After such an uh, incredible introduction, you have to feel like a million bucks. And I really do. (laughs) Okay. So tell us, you know, what was, before you started working with me, what was your diet like? Well, it was, my diet uh, was, you know, like layered through different periods of life. But specifically before I started working with you, it wasn't really good. It was something that you would, you know, pour over with holy water and then it would burn. <laughs> like that kind of bad. So it was mostly industrially processed foods. It was uh, a lot of 
you know, like um, junk food, snacks. I mean, it's Nutella. not my... Was there yeah. Nutella? Okay, yeah. Yeah, here and there, <laughs> not all the time, but here and there. And it wasn't really stuff that was um, that, that anybody should eat. I mean, I did eat uh, like fruits and vegetables. I did eat meat. I did eat uh, dairy and all the other stuff. But most of it was industrially processed. So salami, uh, then I had um, like vegetable oils that I used. Mm. And the other different, you know, store-bought foods that don't really get you the nourishment and all the, the stuff that you really need. So it was more like, you know, calories. It was uh, the chemicals and everything else that was in it. But there wasn't a lot of N from this nourishment. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, like, I know that uh, you told me before you grew up in the countryside. So a lot of what we talk about here on the show is probably the food that you grew up with. Mm. But then somewhere you took a wrong turn and oh, yeah. started, how, how did that come about? Like, you know, you, you grew up on some, you said, you said you grew up like basically on like a lane, like you didn't even have a, a neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it was near the airport. So um, I grew up in a little spot that was uh, really close to the airport. I Which think airport? Or... Zagreb? No, no, no. <laughs> no it's, in, it, it's in Pula. So oh, Pula. Uh, Pula, that's right. Yeah, down there in Istria. And um, it was around four or five uh, houses near next to us or near to us because most of them weren't next to us. And it was a pretty unusual childhood because, you know, I was kind of secluded from society and from people. So I spent most of my childhood days playing in dirt and swinging around on trees and just living in a fantasy world because I didn't have anything else to do. I had a brother and a sister, but that that was it. You know, we had the three of us and we spent our days quite carefree. And so was our nutrition, I must say, because when I was little, uh, we had a lot of land. So Mm -hmm. we had an orchard. We had a lot of land (laughs) with uh, vegetables growing and we had, you know, like um, wine, uh, grape rose. So nice. we made our, our own wine and we had livestock, chickens, cows, pigs. Um, we also owned a boat, a fishing boat. Oh. So we got a lot of fresh fish. Uh, in a nutshell, we had, you know, we were self-sufficient. Right. So we didn't need any money at all because... In that period, we're talking around, you know, 91 to 95, Mm -hmm. it was war here. And although we weren't, uh, you know, touched by the hand of war as people in Slavonia, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, you can still sense it. Yes. Because it was, you know, all over the country. And despite all of that, we had a really good life. Wow. And what happened uh, was that my family actually 
got into dispute, you know, amongst each other. Uh-huh. And there happened a split. So my grandparents <laughs> and my uncle were on one side and my parents were on the other side. Mm. And it's just family tragedy and I won't go into it because right, right. we'll need a different ep- episode just for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so the, the, the bottom line of that is uh, that suddenly I got cut off from all of that, which I had before. So you know? all of those, all the, the, yes. the food yes. stuff, like the, the farm yes. living. Okay. Yeah. The, the fresh eggs, the fresh milk, the, the raw honey, the, the fish, everything was gone just like in now, an instant. Was that because that was your grandpa? I mean, this is getting into your family life, but it, was that your yeah. grandparents' property? Well, or, yeah, okay. They 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 owned it. So right. when they got into this fight, um, they kind of separated the estate, and we got a little part for mm-hmm. ourselves. And they took the 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 other uh, part, which was <laughs> the productive you know, part. <laughs> the productive part, right? And uh, so from there on, uh, we also got in a lot of uh, financial trouble because my mother got sick at some point and she was very very ill terminally Mm -hmm. ill she was bedridden for a couple of Mm. years and you know it's hard to eat quality stuff when you cannot afford it yes and that's when uh, we introduced a lot of uh, industrial foods store-bought foods so canned items and uh, a lot of, um, you know, ch- just cheap articles, mm-hmm. cheap food products that you can find. And it, it was a long period I spent on that diet. Mm-hmm. It lasted around until I got away from uh, where I lived. So I decided to go live on my own, to, mm-hmm. you know, leave the house. And I started my own so quote unquote to say life and then it got worse actually yeah because i went uh and i went out without a penny you know i had very little money that was left and actually i lived in a warehouse for uh some time wow yeah and i was totally broke so no money not all and a typical meal uh, at that period in the very beginning was like nothing during the day while I work and then I come home and before I come home I go to the uh, supermarket and then I uh, buy rice and I buy a bag of tuna flavored mayonnaise. Tuna flavored mayonnaise. Yeah. I never yeah. heard of such a thing. <laughs> well, come to Croatia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so is it like the the... Is it made from like the oil from tuna cans? <laughs> I don't know. I, I really didn't. Uh, I didn't. I really didn't uh, pay much attention to food labels at yeah, that period. Clearly. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was all that I could afford at right. the time, wow. and that was my, um, you know, uh, dinner and later in the morning breakfast, and maybe if it if there was something left, it was lunch, and that right. was the good meal because I also had. Uh, the very first day or the second, something like that, I had only a pack of spaghetti and Mm. nothing to put in. And fortunately, I found, and please don't laugh when I say this, I found a jar of Nutella in the warehouse. 
Okay. <laughs> and since I didn't have any bread, you know, you piece what you have and you right. have spaghetti with Nutella. And mm. let me tell you something. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't good at all because the spaghetti was all full of water. And when you put water and Nutella together, it's like, ah. yeah. And I thought, I thought maybe the- you were saying you were going to say that you came up with a new dessert. Like, oh, it wasn't it wasn't half bad. I wish I wish it was half, you know, just half bad. It was just all bad. So it did last uh, a little bit until I got my first paycheck. And then I started, you know, I I could afford some better groceries for myself. Mm -hmm. But it still wasn't what I had before. I did buy uh, fruits and vegetables and I started to cook a lot and and all that jazz, but it was just bought in the store, you know, right. it wasn't neither organic, it wasn't, uh, you know, cared for as it should, the food, mm. it was just, you know, transported from God knows where. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not even uh, from Croatia or, or, yeah, or probably, anywhere probably. in yeah. <laughs> former Yugoslavia. And yeah, so the next couple of years I spent moving around and I lived from today to tomorrow, worked a lot of different jobs until I uh, moved to my current place in Umag, Mm -hmm. where I found my future and now present wife and decided to stay. And that's when things started to shift a little bit more toward the positive. Okay. So I started to cook a little bit more. And uh, at first it was a little bit, you know, awkward for me to go to the to the market, you know, okay. to the farmer's market because I had a lot of uh, social anxiety. Mm. And it was far more convenient for me to just go to a grocery store, you know, gotcha. to a supermarket, yeah. pick anything you need. Don't talk to anybody. Just come to the register and pay for your stuff and just leave. You know, it was uh, mentally much more easier for me. Right. And I don't know. It just kind of happened that I noticed the difference when I went actually to the market with my wife and got something. And then the next day I went to the supermarket and got the exact same stuff. Let's, I don't know, for example, let's say apples. Right. And I could really feel the difference, you know, Mm -hmm. in the taste, in the smell, in the overall feeling of uh, fullness, you know, it's really, it really does have uh, a much better uh, effect on you it, it uh, lasts longer and it makes you feel better after you eat it right there's a, so, there's a sense of uh being satisfied yeah yeah the satisfaction and the, i i can i can say that this was the beginning of the going back to the to the roots of everything you know because at before that point i didn't really look at food like that, you know, I wasn't aware of the difference. Right. Now, was this, this, when you're talking about like this, you know, Apple scenario, is this before or after you started working with me? No, no, no. Much, much more before. Okay. That's what I thought. And, yeah. And now we're leading into that. Um, after some time, you know, when you're married and you have kids, uh, especially you of all people know that sometimes you don't have uh, time for yourself or sometimes you even don't have 
the will to do anything as it should be done. Right. And at some point, largely after I started uh, doing freelancing, mm-hmm. that was another major turning point in my life. Uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, sitting in my chair. And especially in the very beginning where you have to, you know, blood and sweat and tears for 12 hours a day just to get started. I did really neglect my um, overall feeding habits and Mm -hmm. my recreation habits as well because I was always into sports. Yeah. And I'm a pretty active guy and I like to eat well. And when I made that shift to freelance, it kind of got pushed, you know, to the side. And most of the time my wife was cooking because I didn't have the time to do it. And it's not like I want to embarrass her publicly, but she doesn't know how to cook well, you know. Well, she and, she didn't have the same rural upbringing yes, that you did, right? Yes, she definitely. she grew up in the city. Yeah, she grew up in the city, and she didn't cook as I did when I was young because I have two siblings, um, a uh, younger brother and sister, and I used to cook for us because we were often alone at yeah. home because the parents were working. So I took care of them, and you know, one thing leads to another, and so I was pretty good at cooking actually Mm -hmm. and yeah and her motto is the quickest and the easiest the better you know so she doesn't really look at what should be and how should it be done and she looks at it at this way i want to do it quick i want to do it fast I want to eat and that's all, you know, so. I think more and more females across the globe yeah. are yeah. embracing that, like that. idea. Uh, and I think part of that is an attempt to uh, to unload the the stereotypical role of female. Yeah, probably. You know, being, being in the kitchen. And, and uh, I think that's where, at least I know when I was growing up, a lot of it seemed to stem from that when I would hear women say that. Mm. But yeah, and I guess there's also the the modern, you know, uh, way of life. You don't have time for right. anything. Well, yeah, you have commercials telling you that all day long. Yeah, you don't yeah. have time for this. Oh no, we did it for you. <laughs> exactly. Blue Apron, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So um, it that that period in my life lasted around two years, and I did started to notice uh, a difference in my overall health. So I started feeling sluggish. I had less and less energy and I was more and more susceptible to viruses and to colds. Yeah. I mean, it was common for me to have at least one cold per winter, you know, season. Right, right. But it started to get a little bit more uh, often, you know? Yeah. And I was also drinking a lot at that time Mm. because, I I don't know, I was just in that kind of place at that time because I had a lot of issues with uh, myself. Uh, There was a lot of, uh, I had a lack of confidence. I had the the before mentioned social anxiety. Right. And I didn't just have a really good opinion of myself. I had low self-esteem and I don't know, I, I... I was a pretty, you know, open person as a child and 
a lot of things happened to me while I was growing up that affected me this way. Mm-hmm. And the alcohol kind of turned all of that to zero. It, you know, yeah, it, numbs it made, you. Yeah, it, it numbed me and it put me back in that state uh, how I was before all of that, you know? Right. And I don't know. I'm just such a person that enjoys uh, the fine things in life, but I have the tendency to overuse it, you know, to abuse stuff. And you know that's too much of any good stuff isn't good actually for you. It, It becomes bad. So when you mix all of that together, I started feeling, you know, very bad. And at one night, I started to feel my heart getting sort of squeezed, mm. you know? Yeah. I felt this, it wasn't a chest pain, but I wasn't really comfortable neither sitting nor standing nor laying, you know? I felt a big pressure. Yeah. And it really scared me. It really scared me. And around that point, I started working with you. So I always say that everything in my life happens for a reason yeah. when it should happen, you know? Right. And I've been going through my whole life guided by this intuition, mm-hmm. this woman's intuition. And it kind of just happens to me. And the next day I went, you know, to the market. Yeah. And I thought it it was because I ate too much meat. Okay. But it wasn't the real meat. It was, you know, like potatoes and the salamis and all that other stuff that's you know can really be classified as meat right well that's the thing is that it's one of those those are foods that like if you could get that at the market and somebody you know somebody's grandma made it it's you know perfectly fine most likely um Mm. but then you get the ones you know that are in tin cans or jars or whatever and you don't know what the heck they did to it in the factory hmm and the next day I went to the market, to the grocery, um, sorry, to the farmer's market. Yeah. And I bought, you know, like two full bags just of vegetables and fruits. So right. I wanted, you know, to make a difference, but I didn't know where to start. Yes. Because I didn't have a clue. And luckily I started uh, doing your podcasts. And I believe the first one I did was with Bruce Fife. Uh, ah, the coconut I mean, oil guy, yeah. Yeah, the coconut, the coconut oil guy. And while I was editing, I listened to what he said. And it kind of made sense to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Because he really uh, backed it up with details and with proof that it could really be, you know... If this was a commercial to buy something, I was hooked, you know? (laughs) So I was sold. And I tried. I bought the coconut oil. And I I still remember the first time I tried it. So I had just a little teaspoon Mm -hmm. to see how it will affect me. And the instant I swallowed it, I felt a rush of energy. And, uh, I mean, I did hear, um, in the podcast about what the effects are on the body, but I wanted to see it on my own. Right. And right after that rush of energy, I started smiling, you know, for just wow. no reason. I was so, yeah, I was so happy at that point. I didn't know why was it happening, but I feel, I felt so light and so good. And I just smiled, you know, and I saw that there 
is something to it. And of course, uh, while I was working, uh, while I was editing, I will listen to more and more stuff. And while I was introduced to more and more uh, ideas and knowledge, I began to slowly change my diet. And that led to a lot of improvement and a lot of changes during the next two years. And I can say now that this is kind of the culmination of all of these uh, changes in my life. Wow, that's that's fantastic. And yeah. um, I mean, you're lucky because, as you know, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast, they're dealing with some serious health problems, yeah. you know, and yeah. unfortunately, you know, just making the kind of changes that you made may not be the prescription for them, right? Uh, yeah. Because they have autoimmune disease or, you know, leukemia, whatever. Uh, but, you know, to, I mean, it, it just goes to show the power of food when you have, you know, you basically had a good start. You're, you're very lucky because your parents yeah. had you in a situation where you got the best, you know, of nourishment as a child. So it was really just a matter of your body remembering uh, what it was like growing up on those foods. So, right, because because uh, sorry to interrupt no, you, but okay. I really uh, didn't have any major, you know, ailment or disease in in my entire life. So right. I did have the occasional flu or right. cold, or you know, I had a a cavity in my teeth or mm-hmm. something like that, but nothing major in all of my life. No sicknesses, no anything. Right, and I'm really grateful for that. And now that I changed the way I eat and I take care of my body now, uh, it's even less than before. So I, I believe we, we will come to that because I do have some changes, you know, change report, so to say, what happened with my body. I, I did have some problems before ah. and after uh, I started with the changed diet, uh, my condition really improved. Right. Would would you say that the biggest influence on your health was the just you. switching from <laughs> No, no, but I mean as far as like what you're consuming now versus before yeah. was it is it really uh the processed food, the you know, less vegetable oil and more lard and real fats uh and you told me that you went for about four months without sugar you know like what what do you think it's a combination of all of that or do you feel that there were certain things that had bigger impact than others uh i think it was uh a combination of everything because Mm -hmm. i do believe in synergy of things you know yeah absolutely Uh, just like dominoes you trip one and all of the rest will follow, you know, all of them will fall. So in a way, it's all connected. Um, my big change started when I s- made the first step to change my diet, you know, after I got the information from you. Right. And after I went and researched a lot of stuff that I was going to do. And that was the trigger point for me. So personally, I started with consuming more real foods and avoiding the processed foods. Mm -hmm. And I saw the improvement in a lot of areas and I liked it. And I continued, you know, to go down that path. Let's see what can we else do to improve. 
Yeah. Now, I yeah, know you, you've been doing some interesting exercises. Yes, yes. Uh, well, I'm a lot into body workouts. Mm-hmm. So it's also street workouts, but I'm not, you know, that much outside. I'm more at home. And I am really lucky that we have a lot of um, outside fit- fitness parks here oh, nice. where I live. Yeah, so it's a bonus. You go with the kids, you play there, and you can also exercise. And I'm lucky that my younger daughter is also a lot into these kind of sa- these kinds of things. So we do it together. Right. You know, like a couple of uh, fitness, not fanatics, but people that really enjoy, right. you know, doing this. And also, I started doing something that is called the Wim Hof method. Right, we discussed that. Uh, yeah, that that's the the other part of uh, the the exercise. So basically, what you do is uh, you do breathing exercises to yes uh, to energize yourself and to get yourself full of oxygen, and it really helps uh, to calm down your nerves and to feel a lot better and to uh, perform much better. Uh, with your exercises, exercises, sorry, uh, because it gets you pumped up full with uh, oxygen, mm-hmm. and you can last much longer than normally, you know. Right. And right after that, it's the cold shower. So just see, that's where you lose me. You yeah. lose me on the yeah. cold shower. <laughs> I, can't, I I went to the beach two days ago, and I, and yeah. it's you know the water's like relatively warm. But mm. yeah, just that first dip. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's too cold, too cold. Get, yeah, yeah. My my wife's the same, and I must uh, I must say I'm really proud of myself because it's fall here, mm-hmm. and it's only started uh, recently to uh, feel like real fall. I I think two days ago because it started to be colder. Right. And I was taking a swim in the sea. I believe uh, two weeks ago, and that's a personal record for me because I didn't do it any time. You know, it's the first time I did it in my life right. that I uh, that I've bathed in the sea for that long. Wow! So I did really see some improvements there as well. Yeah, and the sea is great for mm-hmm. absorbing minerals. You know, a lot of yeah. people who have a joint aches and things like that if they could just get themselves into water into salt water um uh you know it it really can help because so much of our illness comes from a lack of minerals like we talk Mm. a lot especially in the u.s we talk a lot about vitamins and we talk about the phytochemicals but we forget that the minerals are really what sustains life in in the sense that you know for example when we talk about uh, water consumption and, you know, oh, we have to get so many, you know, ounces of water per day. Uh, mm. I am one of these people uh, that believes that it's not about water as much as it is about the minerals contained in water. Um, yeah. You know, where, you know, water has traditionally been a source of minerals you know just, um, even salt water you know which has has the highest concentration uh, but people here get too caught up in the fact that there's no calories in water mm. so they don't really care so you know like we have a lot of bottled water that's sold that's completely stripped of minerals 
And it's, it's literally just H2O. It's, it's, you know, basically a, a science project. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, a proper spring water will have, um, you know, those minerals that, that we, for example, we just did the episode with Carol and Dean and she talks about magnesium, which is plentiful in oh, salt yeah. water. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's plentiful in salt water, but most people are not drinking that, you know, and when they do, they, you know, they drink it as coffee and tea or, or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, there's just so much more to, to that picture. And it kind of makes sense to me because, um, it's not a theory of mine, but I just thought about it. Uh, you know how some people have the belief that we came from the sea, that all life evolved from the sea. So in a way it makes sense to me that we feel so good when we go back to that sea from which we came from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, uh, I'm going to talk about Korean natural farming again, because I just went and did a work, a weekend workshop with Master Cho. And that's exactly what he was talking about. And, uh, you'd be surprised as, as a former farmer yourself, uh, what adding a little seawater to your crops does or to your animals, Mm -hmm. you know, put it in their water, mix it with their food. Um, you know, I put it on, you, I put it on an orange tree in front of my house. That tree had a fruit that was splitting and on the bitter dry side, now they're juicy and they no longer split. From a little seawater. A little seawater. And they're super sweet now. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. The, so, you know, we think about, uh, why do some, crops taste crappier than others you know why does why do commercially raised vegetables taste bad and and you know organically or otherwise naturally grown uh products taste generally taste better um Mm. you know it's it's mineral content is what i'm finding and by adding a little seawater to my vegetables uh you know they're all coming out with much better flavor than even the stuff I can buy that's, you know, organic here, uh, mm. which unfortunately organic has really taken, uh, I, I mean, I guess it, it always was, but it's, un, un, it tends to be conventionally raised, meaning that the mindset about the way things are raised is still conventional. However, they're just using the non-industrialized chemical version of essentially the same solutions. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. And where uh, Korean farming works on, like, how do we build the soil to get it healthier? So, you know, topsoil, I forget how many hundreds of years it takes to get, you know, a quarter of an inch of topsoil. <laughs> and like we're, and people with this method are growing like, you know, three inches of topsoil in two months and like ridiculous. Mm. you know, amounts of topsoil, which is actually what I'm working on right now in my own yard. But I digress. So um, <laughs> how is how how do you source foods now? Is it mostly just going to the smaller markets? Yeah, uh, well, the beautiful thing about beating social anxiety is that you can uh, for uh, once actually talk to people, you know, right? and ask them stuff and uh, reach out to people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so little by little, I gathered information from um, the people that work there and I find I found out where I can buy, uh, you know, raw milk, where right. I can buy uh, eggs mm-hmm. and 
Well, I, I'm pretty lucky because we have a really good, uh, a really good uh, farmer there on the market. They yeah. have a, a family business. So it, it's called a OPG here. So it's basically a, uh, yeah, it's a family business. They grow uh, food and mm -hmm. then sell it on the market. And I, I didn't really go into what are they using, you know, how they produce their food. I right. didn't really go to that detail. But yeah. what I can tell you is that the food is delicious. So right. as long as the food is delicious, I'm, you know, I'm satisfied. Yeah. And as for all the rest, I believe it will come with time, you know, because I still have to make connections with people and right. source the purest of the pure that I can find here. Right, right, Be exactly. Because um, uh, it, it's a little bit hard because people are used here doing things, uh, you know, in a certain way. And then you come to them with an idea that you heard from somebody from another state, from, you know, um, the other side of the earth, right. basically. And then they just look at you. What? Right. You know? No, no, it's so, here too. It's here too. People yeah. act like, you know, they, they always poo poo the things that I say. As a matter of fact, some people I know who live in Hawaii and they've, you know, been here for a long time were ridiculing mm. me for talking about, you know, the effects of GMO. And they're like, oh, well, that's not true. And I'm like, yeah. it's okay. So where's your science degree? Oh, yeah. that's right. You don't have one. You just watch these guys on TV who get paid a lot of money to tell you that it's all okay. Meanwhile, you know, disease and infertility and all of these things are rising. Um, yeah. I, what's really ironic is that one of them recently decided he was going to go vegetarian. And I was like, oh. really? <laughs> I thought food Hooray didn't matter. I thought food didn't do anything to you. <laughs> um, by the way, he was oh, an man. alcoholic. He, he's an alcoholic. And I always find that kind of laughable. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm drinking way too much. So I'm going to give up meat. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at least there's the will to do things. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, with time things will fit into place maybe right. they won't but who knows yeah i think there's and, a certain certain uh, path that a lot of people have to take before they kind of come yeah. to their senses and and you know check their egos at the back door definitely well who knows maybe if i didn't met you i could have probably gone vegetarian as well you it's, know maybe it's I, possible too. I i would have tried it but I know myself, I couldn't live without meat, so... Right. Well, I mean, if that. you did do it, that's the thing is that, you know, none of these diets are, like, horrible per se. It's it's when mm. they turn into cults and when yeah. they, um, you know, when somebody will... Uh, it's, sometimes people just do this stuff just to inconvenience other people. You mm. know, like, I, we get this a lot where uh, people will say... Uh, you know, I'm gluten intolerant. To make sure that there's something that I can eat at your party. It's like you bring your own food if that's really that much of a problem. <laughs> you know, but but that's not you know not my place to say. Uh, but seriously, yeah. you know, people will say that, and then you know the next party you go to, you see them eating a pizza, and you're like, really? I ain't mm. no gluten free pizza. So uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of people who do it for those reasons, and then there's people who just want to one up other people. Um, and maybe maybe it was a pizza that JP made. Did you see that? Oh no, I, I haven't seen that one. No, it was. Um, I'm not sure what it was. It was a cucumber pizza. 
Oh. Yeah, he made a cucumber pizza. I did not the see The crust that. was from cucumber, and of course the toppings were cucumber, and the <laughs> sauce was cucumber. <laughs> and it 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 was just mm, delicious, you know, right. mm. <laughs> raw cucumber. Yeah. This concludes the first part of our interview with our guest heretic Nikola Popovich, our very own audio engineer for the show. Tune in next week when Nicola continues to talk about how his dietary approach has healed him from mood disorders, reverse tooth decay, and his one-year anniversary of having no cold or flu. That's next week on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. The Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean. And our operations manager is Michelle Med. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at the new and improved nutritionheretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutrition heretic and on twitter at nutri heretic contact us with show ideas questions or if you want to be a guest and don't forget to rate our podcast on itunes and stitcher